see you and talk to you you are also impacting some gifts into his lives uh, we'll be having a lot of meetings today i'll i'll just pick up today with this evening because if i spend all my energy there'll be nothing left for the rest uh, the meeting is going to be dynamic so as we build on um, gather more points and i'll be able to bring ministry to you today we want to talk about uh, prayer how it is important to the church and to every believer by the grace of god i received a word from the lord so i've been able to write a book on prayer but i'm not speaking from the aspects of uh, prayer in the sense of what i've been able to accomplish but in the sense of what god wants you to get to know this evening is that right So this evening, uh, I want to start by proposing that there are three things that we need as individuals and as a church. Individuals and church need to pray. They pray for their well-being, prospering, and some pray for their family and marriage, and uh, others pray that they will prosper in whatever that they do, and others pray that they will be protected from the power of the enemy. But as we go through, uh, not this evening, as we go through the series of the things we have prepared, we will also know what are the most essential things to pray for in life. And I want to tell you that Crossfire has the most essential thing that we should pray for. It is in our vision. Our vision is that we should be able to preach Christ, to admonish, and to teach people to come to the place of maturity Christ. And we say that this we do by the power of God which is at work in us. So I want to give you a tip. And the tip is this. God's heartbeat is for us to become like Christ. Any other thing that we are trying to achieve is good but the best which is in the mind of God is for all of us that is why we are born in Christ through his spirit. But the challenge with the church is that, and that's why I gave up crossfire, the general church community across the globe is that the church is now laying emphasis on something else. And this brings us to the way the church has also treated prayer. The church has treated prayer, and individuals have treated prayer like from the south to the north. We just stand in the south and we look at the north and we ask God to give us something. Does it sound familiar? That our prayer is like always asking God to release something from above. This, this is what has been taught in the past and this is continuing. But this evening, by the mercies of God and by the grace of his spirit, I want to challenge us to what I believe is uh, not only the message from the Lord, but what I believe 
is God's heartbeat concerning prayer. So I want to propose to us that prayer is not about asking only. It is also by seeking and it's also by knocking. Now, seeking is the most important part and we are going to come to it uh, in a moment. But if we really want to stand in the place of prayer, then we have to stand in the place of fellowship. The place of fellowship is, is that the Lord has given you his own spirit. And even if prayer is our action, when, when you allow his spirit to guide you, you ask for what is in the mind of God. My friend said, Coach, having taught us about these things, can I preach on God is lonely? I said, why not? He created us to have communion and fellowship with us. So if we are not doing that, then God will feel lonely. I don't know if any of us is making God lonely. Are you, are you the one? Is somebody making God feel lonely? Let's say you stay with God in your own house. And you don't talk to God. I'm not saying you don't ask because when he brings things home, you take what you need. But he also wants to talk with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to, to, to have co communion with you. He wants to have certain types of communication with you. And our prayer has been on the demand side so much that we've forgotten the one uh, to whom we are addressing our demand and the one who is giving us what we have asked him to give us. So a simple approach to prayer has been the pattern of acts. Acts, seek, and knock. And we have dwelt in the land of asking so much that we have forgotten the seeking Suppose I suggest to this meeting that God prays, how would you feel about prayer? Do you think God hears? He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need anything, isn't it? So he doesn't pray, but he needs you. So the first uh, partition that I want to break down in our minds is that God seeks. He says that his eyes go to and fro on this earth. So he will seek those whose hearts are positioned towards him. He also says that he's seeking those who stand in the gap. So that he will stand with those people. And in John, John 4, 2023, if you look at the whole encounter with the woman from uh, Samaria, the woman asked God, asked Jesus Christ, so what do you think is the way of worshiping God? And Jesus said, you worship what we don't know, but we worship what we know, because worship bega began from the Jews. And Jesus now opened the door of true worship. He said, 
those who worship God, and those who worship God the way he wants, is those who worship him by spirit and truth. And church, listen, he also said that the time has come that the true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. He didn't say the time would come long before that we got here, that time had already come. And the word of God tells us that those that worship God in spirit and in truth, they are those that the Lord seeks. They are those that the Lord seeks. And the Lord says, seek me where I'll be found. So seeking is one part of the pattern of prayer. Seeking is one part of the pattern of prayer. And when we go to the Old Testament, the Lord in Exodus 20, the Lord tells us not to worship anything that we have created under the sea, on the earth, or anything. But he tells us to worship him with what? With our hearts, our soul, our mind, and our strength. So this distinguishes those who pray to God only asking from those who pray to God with their heart, with their soul, with their mind, and with their spirit. So those who seek God in, in their prayer are those who have given themselves totally up to God. So it is not like demanding th something from God. It is sharing yourself with God. Sharing yourself with God. And the Bible says, these are the people God is looking for. So for us to come to that level of a prayer relationship with God, we have to understand that God seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. And prayer is also part of worship. So the worshiping of God, uh, pentacles around many things of which prayer is one. So what is seeking? It's a deliberate effort to know, to inquire, and form a decision about how to, re to, to relate to what you have found. It's, it, 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 it involves your whole being. If you're holding, if you dressed up, you're going out, and you, you left your car keys somewhere, what you do to look for the car key is you abandon everything and come and look for the car key. When you, something is lost in the house, you abandon everything and you go and look for that thing. I want us to have that kind of image. So in, in, in prayer relationship concerning seeking is the abandoning of everything and looking for God. Abandoning everything and looking for God. 
When you come to that place of abandonment, the only person who is there before you is God. And when you get to that point, God speaks, you hear, and you speak, and God hears. Because both of you have the total exclusive attention of each other. And that is the desire. And the reason why God gave us his Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will not only communicate our mind to the mind of God, but he also brings the mind of God to us. So, you know, we have our, our motives, we have our intentions, we have things that we are thinking of. But sometimes we use one word, thinking it's sufficient to, to talk to God, using that one word. But what Holy Spirit does is that he takes that word and interprets it and, 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 and puts that word in a language that, does, that God understands. It brings us to the action part. Most times when we are asking, we don't engage the spirit of the Lord. Most times when we are asking, we don't engage the spirit of the Lord. Why? Because if you go to John 4, 13, 14, 15, Jesus now speaks to this lady as a well. He said that if you knew who I am, you would have asked me and I would have given you uh, the water of life. And the woman says, I need that water. But also, could you make it that in answering this prayer, can you also help me with water so that I will not come to this place again? Now, this brings us to the action. Jesus told the woman, I am ready and I'm able to give you the eternal water. The water that will, that will not make you thirsty again. The woman said, what I want. So in action, we come to the realm of what I need versus what I want. If we can distinguish ably between these two thoughts or words or ideas in the prayer post, it will make a lot of difference. And Jesus told the woman, you want that you wouldn't come here again to fetch water, but what you need is something else. And Jesus said, go and bring your husband. What the woman needed was to come out of the situation that makes her dry and thirsty. And the root of what she needed was found in the place where she was. You know, the Bible says there are seven things that are never uh, satisfied. One is the land that will drink every water that you pour on it. 
another one is the grave. And so on and so forth. The woman was living in a dry land. And any type of water that is poured on that dry land will just be consumed by the dryness of the land. So Jesus said, this is what you want. But I'm, this is what you actually need. You need to be uprooted from that land. You know, when you come to the accent part of prayer, the Bible says, James says this. He says that we, our prayers are not answered because we want to get things that we can spend on, 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 on our desires. So the accent level is, is at a peripheral that does not bring us into the realm of the things of the spirit. In actual fact, sometimes we tell ourselves in the mind that I don't care, I just need an answer. Where the answer will take me, I need it right now and I need it in a certain way. So this evening I want to challenge us to go beyond what I want to what God needs. So I want to propose to you three areas of prayer that will please God. Three areas of prayer that would please God. Oh, let me say this way. Three areas of prayer that God needs. Three areas of prayer that God needs. Do you think God needs something? God needs something. He needs our praise. But in one word, he needs our worship because he cannot worship himself. And if prayer is part of worship, then God needs prayer. Shall I repeat it? The question is, I want to challenge us to understand that prayer is a fellowship situation where God also receives some satisfaction. And we also receive some satisfaction. And if prayer is part of worship, and if we worship God, then through the worship, God is receiving prayer from us. Is that okay? Does God receive worship from us? He does. In the worship, do we pray? So God needs, he has need of our prayer. So if we are not praying, then we are denying God something that he needs. We are denying God something that he needs. I'm laying this uh, foundation slowly so we can understand the need for us to pray beyond action. 
that prayer of seeking is very important. It shows a relationship. Asking in another language is transactional. You just ask, you get it, and then you go. You know, you have people you work with, you have friends, you have neighbors. Some of them, you relate with them, transaction, good morning, good morning, then you go. But when you come to the fellowship, you, you enter that person's house, she enters your house, you stand over the fence and all those things, and then you talk. You even leave your children with that neighbor. It means you have what? A relationship. So the question this evening is, what kind of prayer relationship do you have with God? Is it transactional? I need pepper, I need tomatoes, I need, and God says it's in the fridge, you take it, then bang, then you go. Another time you need something, you say, you, you, he says it's in the fridge, you open it, you get it, bam, you go. No. It means that it is based on what you want and not what God needs. We all want something. But we have to get what we need. That is why Paul tells us that my God shall supply all your wants or all your needs. God does not supply wants. So if on your list there is want, then you want it for yourself. But God supplies needs according to his riches in the glory of Christ. So the things that we want are things that will not bring glory to God. But the things that we need are things that will bring glory to Christ. And in fact, he creates the need in our hearts. On, uh, I don't know, uh, one of these days, I want to talk to you about let's party in the desert. Let's party in the desert. If somebody invited you to come to a party at the poolside, at the beach, beach, at a hotel, and at a desert, which one wouldn't you go? Pardon? No, I need a response. If somebody invited you to a party at the beach, at a famous hotel, at a certain mall, or a certain school, or somewhere, and the person say, by the way, uh, we can also have it in the desert. Which one wouldn't you say yes? I, I need one. I, I just need one. Us. <laughs> okay, if it's summer, it's beach party. But you wouldn't choose to go to the desert, right? Really? You want to go to the desert? Okay, okay. So we'll have a party in the desert in one of these sessions, and you'll love it. You regret all the parties. You want me to give you a tip? He says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That is a real party. 
I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That is a real party. You'll be eating and the enemies will be chewing their teeth. And the angels have surrounded you. So the angel, the, the, your enemies are looking, but they cannot what? Touch you. We'll get to that. You'll get to that. So we're talking about God seeking. God really seeks. He says his eyes go to and fro every day. Every day. And if you take it from the John principle, it says that he seeks those that worship him in spirit and truth. And I've explained that the action is at the carnal level. We ask for the things that we want to spend on ourselves. And unfortunately, that has been the pattern of prayer for so many people. So the three key areas of prayer that will please God are the following. One, your prayer should be about the kingdom business of God. In Matthew 6 and 33, it says that, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I don't want us to recite these things, but I want you, when you pick your prayer topics, your prayer topics should be about his kingdom and his righteousness. And he says, and all other things will be what? Added. So if you are doing mathematics, it's like if you get A, you also get B, C, D. Right? Now, but if you get B, C, D, you will not get A. So where can you get A, B, C, D in one shot? Pardon? When you start with A, everything is there. You got it. Good. When you seek the business of God, God seeks your prosperity, ad advancement, and everything beyond your measure. It's a simple thing, and it's so plain. We say it and we quote it. In the Old Testament, God told the people in the book of Haggai, it says that you live in good houses. Huh? But I want you to mark this day. Go and get trees from the forest and come and build my temple. And I want you to mark this day that from this day on, you lack anything. So it is a principle of paying attention to what God needs. And after that, you would also pay attention to what? What you need. But because we live on this earth and we are confronted with many physical things, our minds are 
try to look at the fiscal things. Now, the other thing is that when we are praying, we should pray for grace to be able to do our ministry. Now, our ministry is not only what we do in the church. It starts from here, but also goes beyond that in our home. For example, marriage is a gift. Marriage is a ministry. Marriage is also a calling. We'll talk about it later on. So if you are in marriage, you should know that the Bible says we should do everything that we do to bring glory to God. So what, God, what does God need in your marriage? He needs glory. His glory. So if you don't have that kind of understanding, and in, in actual fact, the Bible makes it very difficult for men. It says that if men don't take care of their wives, the wives would stand in the place where when, when men pray, the wife will hold their prayers like this. It will not go beyond them. That is my translation. So we have to fear our wives. God, they hold the key. Uh, do you want to see it in the Bible? You want to see it? it? Ah, okay. So should I ask your wife whether everything is well in the house? I should I should I there. <laughs> and for young people, it says that learn to obey your parents in the Lord, and your life will be what? Will be long. Your life will be long. So the point I'm making is that when you are praying, you should pray according to your knowledge of the word of God. If you don't have the knowledge of the word of God, your prayer will not get to the presence of God. You are not praying according to the will of God. Let's go to uh, one 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 14. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 14. I'll paraphrase it, but are you putting it up? It's there. Okay, so let, let me paraphrase it. It says, this is the confidence that we have. That if we have, we ask anything according to his word. He does it. And if, if he does it, it's because he has heard our prayer. And our prayer has been answered. This is the confidence that we have. Why is the confidence? It's because we are praying according to what? His will. Our action is based on what? The will of God. I've heard some lazy Christians who say that uh, I've prayed, but if it's your will, let it be done. If it's not your will, don't let it be done. But you have the capacity to know the will of God, right? You have the capacity to know. And if you have the capacity to know, and you're asking God to go to the library and search that for you, then 
That is not the business of God. So our prayer should be based on the will of God. And the will of God is found in his word. It is not like taking the Bible and just repeating the words that are there. It's understanding what God is saying. I like something in Luke chapter 10 and 24, 25, 26. There was this a lawyer who went to Jesus Christ and asked Jesus Christ about how to go to heaven or how to be saved or something like that. And by the way, the man said that right from even while he was a toddler, he obeyed all the Ten Commandments. And Jesus said, oh, you know the scriptures? But how do you interpret it? How do you understand it? So it is not a matter of knowing the raw word of God as in John 6 and 63 where the Bible says that the flesh kills but the spirit gives life. So the understanding of the word based on the spirit of God will give you life. In other words, it will give you what you need. So when we are praying, we should not be praying according to the flesh of the word, but we should pray according to the spirit of the word. And the Bible says that the spirit of God is the one who intercedes on our behalf. So if we know that the spirit of God intercedes on our behalf, then you not pray outside the spirit of the Lord. So the grace to do ministry is based on the word of God. Because the ministry is about his kingdom. And the grace to do the kingdom should be your prayer. And once your prayer is based on the grace to do ministry, whether you are in the office or anywhere, and that which you will be doing will bring glory to God, is yes and amen for you. And when it is yes and amen for you, that is why the Bible can say promotion does not come from man. It comes from what? From God. By the way, promotion is not only vertical, it can also be horizontal. But in the world, they have told you that promotion is only vertical. And unlike the U.S. Uh, subway, sometimes you have to go back to be able to go forward. Hallelujah. Why should you pray according to the word of God? Why? One reason. God watches over his word to bring about performance. What he has said, he will do. So if you don't know the word of God, you cannot pray according to his will. Because his will is revealed in his world. And his word and him, they are one. I'm not saying the more you know the scriptures, the more you can pray. Because there was a Pharisee who went to the temple and he was telling God that he, he packs 
he fasts three times a week. But look at this man. He doesn't fast. He was praying to himself about himself concerning himself. And the Bible says that God did not listen to that man's prayer. If God did not listen, then God did not answer. So when we don't know God, sometimes we pray about ourselves, concerning ourselves, to ourselves. And that is why these days I'm watching how prayer is said in the church. I'll give you two examples. As we have met here, where is the spirit of the Lord? Where is he? He's here. So do we have to invite him to come? Pardon? Do we have to spend another 10 minutes inviting him to come? So when you pray according to your own knowledge, you are not praying according to the word of God. The prayer that you can make is that, thank you, Spirit of the Lord, that you are here. What we desire is that you might what? See your manifest what? Presence. So we have been praying a lot of this prayer, and it's about us, about our own understanding. What we think it is, it is not like that. So this is a classic example that so you would have wasted the 10 minutes. You could have used it for something else. Oh, I like the reaction. The other thing I want to point out is that search to know the will of God. Don't pray and say, God, I prayed anyhow. Just try and what? Correct it. No. It is not his responsibility to correct it. He says, those who approach God must know or believe that what? He exists. So you cannot throw your prayer and say, ah, if God is there, let him answer my prayer. It doesn't work that way. God wants you to hold on. That is why in, in another place it says, come, let us what? Think or argue. He even invites us to an argument. And do you know that when Nehemiah argued with God in prayer, Nehemiah won. God lost. Oh, God lost. He was compelled to obey his word. Nehemiah went to God and said, the walls of Jerusalem are bent and broken. But you, God, didn't you say that when we commit our sins and we confess, you will forgive us and do this and do this and do this and do this. God said, yes, you have a good point. You know my word, so I'm watching over my word to what? To perform it. I'm watching over my word to perform it. So we talk about praying in respect of the kingdom of God. We talk about praying about grace. But this is the one I like most. Praying to deepen your relationship with the Lord through his spirit. Praying to deepen 
your relationship with God through his spirit. Now, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be Christian. Without the death and growth in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we cannot be victorious in our Christian life. And this is all about, about seeking what God needs. God needs that his spirit dwells fully in our lives. And when the spirit of God takes absolute control of our lives, the Bible says we will not walk in the flesh. We will not walk in carnality. And I believe one of these days when I come back, I'll teach you when not to pray. I don't see the saliva in your mouth. I'll say one of these days when I come, I'll teach you when not to pray. Are you not tired of praying? You don't, are you not tired of praying? So you want to get the secret of how not to pray, right? I'm already giving you the secret. The person who prays accurately is the Holy Spirit. So if he fills us, he has the mind of God. And because he has the mind of God, we don't have to pray. When, when our intentions, our motives are being uh, built up, Holy Spirit would have what? Communicate, communicated that to God. Let me repeat it. God judges our intents our thinking and our motives. You know, behind what I'm saying, I'm saying that you people are foolish people. I'm using one mouth to say something, but in my mind, I'm saying that you are foolish people. But you are not hearing that. But if one of you is filled with the Holy Spirit, you say, Pastor, I, I sense something. I sense that one one, in, in one side of your mouth, you are blessing us. And in another side of our mouth, you are mocking us. And do you know that you can walk in this level? I've walked in that level. And I continue to walk. I've told God to increase my ability to walk in that level. And all of us will be coming to the place when we'll be talking about, please let me have your attention here. It means you are not listening. You can be distracted. So, when we pray that we will have a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, we are praying that we are coming to that point where the Christ's mind in us will be activated. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, I think so, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. But we are walking below the exercise of the mind of Christ. Don't we desire that we would always walk with the mind of Christ? Don't we desire that we can get to that level? Do we desire? Yeah. And what I'm telling us is that 
when we get to that level, when we will not be doing the accent prayer, because the Bible says, at that time, before you open your mouth, the Lord would have what? Answered your prayer. Because he has judged your mind. He has judged your intentions. He has judged your motives. And he knows that those things that you are imagining, you are thinking about, those things are in line with what will bring him glory. Let me repeat it because it's very, very important. God watches over his word to perform. Every word he has said, he watches over it to perform. And one way of accelerating or one way of, of helping God to facilitate the way he relates to us through answered prayer is for us to grow to that level where we are filled with the spirit of the Lord. It's a process. But if you don't know it, you will not desire it. I have known and I have desired it. And not every day, but sometimes I walk in that, how do you call level. So our desire is that our relationship with God will be at a fellowship level. Now, you have some friends. You have some friends. And it appears half of your mind is in your friend's head. Have you had that kind of experience? Hmm? You haven't? Then you don't have friends. If you have real, real, real friends, it will look as if half of your mind is in his head. Say that if I tell uh, Brother Edward that I'll come at 2 o'clock, my friend will say, I know coach, he's coming at 4. And that is the time actually I will be coming. Now it's familiar, is that right? Good. That is how God wants to relate with us. If you go to John 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Because friends know each other's what? Business. Isn't it beautiful? And friends have what? Fellowship. Friends have fellowship. If you have a friend who always asks you things, it will be better some, right? And after some time, when you see the friend coming this way, you pass that way. Because it's too bothering. God wants us to be friends. And friends party in the desert. Strangers won't, don't want to come and party in the desert, but friends do. Remember your friends, some type of adventures you have, you have sort of gone through. Risky places, but because you were friends, you were there. Oh, you don't remember. You remember? Good. So I'm challenging you to that place where we'll have a party in the desert. If you can have a party in the desert, you can have a party where 
anywhere. That is one message I'm bringing to us. So we'll talk about three things. We'll talk about our prayer being about the kingdom of God, grace to receive ministry from God, and deepening our fellowship with the Lord through his spirit. If, if we can arrange our prayer around these three areas, as a servant of the Lord, I can guarantee you that you see great things happening in your life every day. Great things happening every day in your life. Because your prayer will be about the mind of God. And is the mind of God about small things or big things? Good. They say, as a man thinketh, so I am not a motivational speaker. I'm telling you to think big. No. I'm telling you, think God. Think God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you add all things. So if you are thinking God, let me also tell you something. You are thinking about heavenly things. And heavenly things are huge things. Things that contain the secret of God. Why is it that God watches his word to perform? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, 19 to 21. 2 Peter chapter 1, 19 to 21. I'll be quoting this in another uh, service. But today it's about prayer. I have 10 minutes and I think I can use it to I carry my Bible in my head, so this is what is there. It says that be assured or be certain or know for certain that the prophecy of God will certainly, I'm paraphrasing it, certainly come to pass. And because of that, you should pay attention to read. Now, what is a prophecy? It is a word of God. Right? Good. And we are saying that one of the best ways to pray is to pray the word of God. Now, it continues to say that it is like a light passing through the darkness until the morning star rises in your heart. And it concludes by saying that no prophecy came by the will of man. It says that therefore it should not be subject to interpretation of any individual person. Okay? Good. So let's stay there. Now, I want to encourage you. There might be a prophecy said by somebody over your life. There might be a prophecy that God gave you directly. There might be a prophecy over crossfire. One of the prophecies over crossfire is that nobody will be small in crossfire. Everybody in crossfire will be a great person. If you don't know, you are in a ministry 
where this canopy is over your life. And since my last visit to this day, there have been changes in the lives of people, right? And there are going to be more what? Changes. It's not from good to better. It's good to best. We'll skip the better. And even we are moved from that place to this place. So, now, if ever there has been a prophecy over your life, in accounting, financial accounting, I don't want you to discount it. Meaning that don't trade the current value for the future one. Because the future is certainly coming. And it, the value would not what? Change. So if you trade your prophecy for a future one, for a current one, it means that you are living by what? By the acting level. You are not prepared to wait for the glory of God to be seen in your life. Let me say this in passing before I continue. There were other women in Egypt when the king gave order for their children to be killed. But the mother of Moses saw the future value of Moses and she risked her life. If you have a prophecy telling about something good that will happen in, your, in the future, I want you to hold it on like the mother of Moses. Look at it and see, yes, this is the future of my child. I will not trade it for anything. I will not let it go. It says that even though it will pass through darkness, there is the certainty that the morning star would what? Will rise in your heart. And <laughs> You see, the condition of your heart will show your faith. If somebody is sad, it is not the muscles of the face that makes the person sad, but it is what? The condition of the person's heart. That is why the Bible is saying that the morning star, do stars show in the morning, do they show in the morning? So they are not talking about star. They are talking about somebody. And that person is Jesus Christ. He's the bright morning star. And he's saying that Jesus will show up in your life. And when Jesus shows up in your life, what the insects, the cankerworms, the caterpillar, and all those things that have been eating would what? Will come with it. And your glory will be so huge. Your glory will be so huge. I want to do something before we end. I want you to go home, take a plain paper, write down one or two prophecies over your life. And throughout this meeting, I want you to come with that paper every day in the meetings. 
if nobody has spoken over your life, if you yourself have not received a prophecy, let me know. And I'll prophesy over your life. So you come with that paper. We are going to have great moments. We are going to have great days. What God has given me is a message for the whole church in my generation. And God told me whatever he shows me, I should begin teaching it in crossfire. Because that is where he has called me. So we have five minutes. And we're going to pray after this. What have we learned? The first thing we have learned is that God desires company. He wants to talk to somebody. And the talk should not be one directional. My best way of praying is to sit and invite God also to sit. Or sit on my bed and invite God also to sit. Prayer should not be one way. It's you as if you are ordering God to do something. And some pastors teach falsely. They say, God says, concerning the works of my hand, con con command me. But is that command in relationship with the kingdom business or what? If it's a mere command, it does not work because God's word is to bring glory to him and him alone. So one of the prayers you're going to pray this evening for yourself is God help me to develop a fellowship way of praying. In that case, it doesn't become difficult because the Bible says we should pray without what? Ceasing. You haven't called some friends on the telephone. And they will talk and talk and talk and you want to find a way to what? To stop. Have you had that experience? That is why some people don't want to be friends with God. He likes talking. He likes putting your hand, his hand around you. He likes following you and saying, I am here too. Because he says everywhere, the whole earth what, belongs to him. So where can you hide? But the good thing is that if you learn to be friends with God, you talk about the things from what? From above. When you stand among your equals, you always be what? Shoulder high. I'm, I'm sure you want to, you want that place. You want to always be concerned about the kingdom. You have neighbors who don't know God. You pray, God, bring these people to your knowledge. You have people in the office who don't know God. You pray, God, bring this person to your, 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 your knowledge. You want to pray for grace, the ability, divine ability, 
to use what God has placed in you to serve. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. When you use what God has placed in you to serve. Let me end by telling you this story. One day, my supervisor called me into her office. We were talking about something and the Lord spoke. I've documented it so I can show it to you. The Lord spoke. And I look at the woman and I say, uh, I mention her name and say, it shall be well in your home. Your husband will be coming home. Your children will no longer give you trouble. Before I finish to take her, she was my boss. I was in the office, but I brought ministry to those what, who needed ministry. And from that day on, I hear when they go to meetings, people didn't usually speak bad of me. But if you dare, she was my defender. There are certain places we don't have to go if we can bring our gifts into play. And before I leave here, we'll learn how to know our gifts and how to walk in our gifts. So life will be interesting. God bless you. Let everybody come. And this is how I deepen my fellowship with the Lord. As I explain to you how I deepen my fellowship with the Lord, I want to pray for two cases. I'm not talking about two people. I'm talking about two cases. The first case is if you're experiencing any pain in your rib side. If you're also experiencing any pain at the base of your spinal cord, towards your waist. I'm not talking about your waist, but at the base of it. I'll be praying with you. I'm praying for two cases. If you're ex experiencing any rib pain in your ribs, I want to pray with you. If you're experiencing any pain at the base of your uh, how do you call spinal cord, I want to pray with you. But this is how I deepen my fellowship with the Lord. And this is what I do. I sing to him a love song. I don't know the last time you sang a love song to God. But this is the song I sing. You are my love. You are my love. All I... Let me pick it again. When I'm asleep, my heart's away. Thinking of you, my dearest one. Jesus, you are my love. You are my love. All I desire is found in you. You are my love. You are my love. All I desire is found in you. When I'm asleep, my heart's away. Thinking of you, my dearest one, 
Jesus, you are my love. You are my love. All I desire is found in you. So this is how I sing to the Lord to deepen my fellowship. So if you are here and you fit what I said, I want to pray with you. If you want to come forward, I want to pray with you. If you're experiencing pains in your ribs or the end of your spinal, how do you call? I want to pray with you. Is somebody here with that? Is somebody here with that kind of situation? We thank God that everybody is well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is it. Come, come, come. You want to come? Your wrist? Okay. No, I think the power of God is here, but I can't be praying with, with anybody. But if you identify yourself with uh, that situation, hold my hand. One here. I'll come to you. No. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, by the faith of expression and identification of your word, let your daughter begin to receive healing. Let the veins, let the bones, let the marrows, let the vessels be placed in divine order. Just like Naaman received healing and everything was renewed, let everything be renewed as if nothing has ever happened to her hand. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold my hands. I cannot touch your behind. My sister is finished. Hold the two hands. Yes. Father, by, by the word and by what you want to do in the midst of your people, that which distracts your daughter is that which is being laid upon you. Thank you, my father. Thank you, Lord, that the angels of the Caesars are set into motion. And Lord, they are removing and they are sealing that which is unfit for her body. Amen. My daughter, the Lord has healed you. Amen. Receive the strength of the Lord. Be renewed and mount up with the strength of the eagle just as you have come to the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord make you whole, not lacking anything. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. That is why I don't want to start ministry at this level. Eh? Uh, we'll get to we'll have time for everybody. But if you are having pains in your ears, you have been healed in Jesus' name. <sighs> it is well. Amen. Let me end the meeting.
Father, we thank you that you want to bring us to the place of fellowship. Spirit of the living God, bring your people to the place of divine affection, divine intimacy, divine closeness. You sent your word and you said you would invite us to a party in the desert so that we will know you more and more and we would also be known to you. Thank you for this evening. We have come and we have heard your word. There's no portion of this word that belongs to the enemy. I forbid the enemy. And I cause each person to hold on to what he or she has heard. Because it ought to be precious in the sight of us. Just like the wise person who found a pearl and sold all other things. Father, I pray that your way will be precious in the sight of your people. That your word will make them wiser than before. That your word will bring them to the place where they would experience your love. I call upon your promise over this ministry. You said no mean person will remain in this place. That every person who remains in this ministry is a great person. A person of renown and a person of mansion. Let your word be broken and shed in the lives of your people. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen.